0: I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world eliminate their desire for alcohol by claiming themselves as author of their own life. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my Stop Drinking and Start Living program that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules of what you thought was possible and the profound journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so excited that you are here. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the show my beautiful listeners. I hope you are enjoying the first buds on the trees and the branches turning pink and the crocus and all of the daffodils and all of the little beautiful things about springtime. It's just such a beautiful portal for renewal, for fertility. And it's a great time to take advantage of the the kind of fire energy, that spark energy of spring. It's like, you we're coming out of winter. Things are, you know, are shifting, and um, in some ways in life. And um, I think it's a really important opportunity to take advantage of that. So, in whatever way that feels good for you, go for it. And you guys, we are on the final countdown for the stop drinking and start living program. And just a short you know, week and a half, is it two weeks, we will be opening the doors for registration. And I just wanted to give you a heads up that I am definitely going to be opening a time for pre-registration with a very sweet bonus for those of you who sign up before April 1st. And that will potentially be live by the time that you hear this. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes for you to go explore the the registration page and all of the amazing components of the program. It is going to be a complete wraparound approach for you and your relationship to alcohol. I couldn't be more honored and thrilled to be putting this together. I've been working my little booty off um, with just so much energy, recording all the videos for the classroom portal, just getting everything set up in my own mind um, for bringing bringing my best to you because I believe in you so greatly and the interview that you're going to listen to today from one of my amazing clients who have got who's have gone through this approach and gone through these steps with me as her coach is so inspiring and what I really want you to pay attention to from Amanda is listening to what she talks about with feeling her emotions and, and the steps that it really required and the participation that it required, right? And, you know, drinking is the easy option, but the truth is, and this isn't saying alcohol is bad, but alcohol literally has no long-term value, none. I mean, if you can find a long-term value of alcohol, you you send me a message and let me know. We we know it has short-term value. That's why you keep doing what you're doing. It relieves the pressure of the buildup of the desire for alcohol, but it also relieves the pressure of some other emotions. But right now, what I want you to know is in your relationship to alcohol, the majority of what you are relieving is the need for alcohol itself. And that is very, very true. So you got to give your body some time and then to you know balance the, that system out and then while you're doing that you're learning some new tools to change your frame of reference to change your mindset around alcohol to examine the beliefs that just aren't useful right it's 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 not useful to even think life is easier with alcohol it's not that's not serving you right so you, we, we start to generate new thinking, practice feeling, and, and really just being curious, curious about all of the parts of this life and you, the alcohol has been covering up. And Amanda just does such a beautiful job at exemplifying that. And she really owned this work. She's very, very inspiring. She inspired me. Um... And one of the things she talks about is paying attention to her urges, paying attention to the times when she was having a thought about drinking, or when she did have the urge to drink. And when you really pay attention to it, and this is part, a big part of the program, is we don't we don't hide from the emotions. We don't avoid, resist, or distract. We actually move towards, we allow, we confront, we get curious, and we offer compassion, right? Because what you resist persists, and it's not as scary as you think. She had amazing results, and we talk about this in the show, once she gave herself permission to do the thing she had been wanting to do. As soon as she said yes, it was like this weight just lifted off of her and it all naturally unfolded and I see this time and time and time again. And I think the reason that it works so efficiently with this particular method is because we don't have rules. We stay super curious. We don't have all the labels and that that threat of failure, right? Because we know you're gonna fail. That is a given and and I just like to use that term loosely, but you're gonna have an urge, you are going to probably drink. Not everyone does. I mean, I, Amanda, didn't the entire time we were working together, but, you know, most people get curious. They're like, is it still the same? And it's like, it turns out, yeah, it's still the same. So it's like, how much more evidence do you need that alcohol hasn't changed, right? Um, But it's not a big deal because we have a process in the program for evaluating that what happened? What was the circumstance? What was the thought? And sometimes there's like one sticky circumstance that you think it's like your thoughts about it that make it more challenging than other circumstances. Because, you you know, you have evidence that it works, that you don't have to drink in every situation. It's your thoughts about it and your emotions about it that aren't supporting you. And that's what we dive deeply into in the coaching. Live Weekly Coaching live monthly community circle, private podcast, all the things that you're going to need to support you, an entire classroom portal of bite-sized content to get excited about not just not drinking, but discovering who you are. And because you know, that's what I'm all about. There's some witchy magic in there. Um it's just filled with with everything. And it's for a lifetime, right? You'll come and you will get the results you need quickly. You will reduce your desire for alcohol very quickly. Within the first 90 days, you will see a dramatic reduction in the desire to drink. And then you have a lifetime of support for the other things that come up. Um, and something that is in the works and is not there right this second will be a community um, like portal for a group sharing, um, you know, with like a, a regular feed, but that will come, and I'm really excited about that piece too. But right now, going into you have unlimited coaching uh, via a portal called Get Coached, where you can write in to get coaching on the specific "Stop Drinking, Start Living" format. And you will get a response. You can write in as many times as you need to. And the the real juice of this program is going to be seeing that you're not alone and that other people's brains work exactly like you do, yours does. And so time and time again, you're going to be able to get your potentially future-focused problem solved by seeing how the coaching from someone else applies to you. And it is so powerful. So you come to the coaching or you watch the replays to get exactly what you need. Um, I am partic- a participant in a program similar to this. And I'm always, my mind is always blown how the coaching is so relevant to something that I have needed, my question that day, or what eventually I will inevitably need that maybe I just didn't even know yet, right? Right. And it can be really fun because we're going to celebrate, too. We're going to talk about what's working and all the amazing breakthroughs you're having. And I'm really, really excited to offer this. It is just so thrilling. Plus, there's a little special bonus. Box that everyone gets who signed up for the program. So enjoy this interview, enjoy Amanda's wisdom. And I just wanna say, Amanda, thank you so much for just your courageousness, your beauty, your bravery, and just being so excited about, she's just so excited about all of the things that she gets to do now and gives herself permission to do because it is a choice. And now she has all the tools to just have the best life and be the example she wants for her little girls and all the amazing things. So have an amazing day, everyone, and enjoy the show. I'm very, very excited to be introducing you to one of my amazing, courageous, inspiring clients. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. Well, I always like to start out by just having you tell the audience a little bit about what feels important about you and letting them know a little bit about you.
1: Um, well, let's see. I'm, uh, I guess I'll start with a mother. Um, that's an important role that I do have in my life. I have two children, six and a half and three. Um, I'm also, I work in digital strategy. So I do a lot of work with, um, Computers and working online. So, I, but when I'm not working, I like to really be in nature. So, I like to really kind of step away from the digital world and unplug as much as possible. It's very important to me. Um, I have a husband and we live in Portland. We've lived here for 13 years. Um, and that's where I met you we met in a mama baby yoga class many, many years ago. Yes. Yeah. I know.
0: It's so great because, you know, so much of, um, you know, the people that I meet now are through the lens through the computer. Right. So it's so fun to have, to have this connection, like in like real space and time too, um, and through the, through the lens of the little, the little ones too. So yeah, it's amazing. Um, tell our audience about what is, what's the most exciting thing that you're, you're doing right now that you're really excited about.
1: Um, two things. Uh, Well, first of all, this work that I've been doing with you, I'm so excited about. It's really been life-changing. And the other things that I'm excited about is I started uh, learning how to play guitar at the beginning of the year, which is something I wanted to do for many, many years. So I finally prioritized that as a hobby for myself. And I've also been studying to learn about beekeeping. And so that's been a really fun, uh, thing to take on as well. And I feel like all of this work that I've been doing with you really has freed me up to pursue, you know, other interests and, and really finding some passion areas that I had either forgotten about, um, or wasn't even aware of. Mm, yeah. Yes. That's so awesome. Um, what do you, what do you feel like has
0: been, I don't know. Like when you, it's like you put things on hold. Right. But what else, what do you feel like has been freed up the most? Like how, like in your life and to be able to, to pursue these passion areas?
1: I think it's two things really. First of all, alcohol was taking up a lot of space in my, in my head. Um, And it's not that I was, you know, constantly craving it by any means. It was just I was always negotiating with myself or trying to set rules or thinking about when I was going to be drinking or not drinking or, you know, just it it took up way too much space and energy in my brain. Um, And then the other shift has really been just, um, you know, kind of a flow of creativity that as I have gotten alcohol out of my life i i just really feel very open and more spiritual and just i feel a lot of things flowing through me right now so those have been really big shifts and just that i think really it started with that just clearing it out of my out of my head and and not having it be um so like present and taking up so much of my energy mm-hmm. i think that really just opened up so much space for so many other things to flow through. Yes.
0: (laughs) Do you feel like that you are, there's any lack at this point in your life?
1: No, not at all. I feel like I am, it's abundance really. I mean, I, I'm so, I mean, I still have my days just like I'm a, I'm a human being, you know, I still have my days where I have stress or I'm, you know, not feeling super happy, but overall, I, I feel like my baseline it has really elevated of, you know, just my, my energy, my vibration, my, um, my spirit, my happiness, like everything is just like leveled up, which has been really awesome.
0: Woo-hoo. Yeah. I mean, that's, I <laughs> can't ask for really more, right? Yeah. That's the huge, that's the thing, right. About alcohol is like, there's so much more space and you're still human and, and that's okay too. Right. Right. Yeah. And I will, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the, the impact about of that part of it later too. Um, but let's start a little bit at the beginning. Cause I think it's kind of important for people to, to, to know where you came from with alcohol. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how that started for you?
1: Yeah. Um, well, my, Parents and a lot of my family like to drink, um, and it was just something growing up that I saw a lot. They would drink with their friends. Um, they would, you know, have parties, and there would be drinking. That I don't recall a lot of drinking um, outside of socializing. I mean, I remember it a little bit, but it was always very tied into like any sort of social gathering. There was always alcohol. And so that was just something that I, um, I think modeled as I was becoming a teenager and starting to really gather socially with, without parents being involved Mm -hmm. and without like adult supervision. And so that was when I really started um, experimenting with drinking alcohol on my own was in my early teen years. And, um, that was combined with some some family uh, tragedies that had occurred. There was a sort of a series of of deaths in my family and uh, around that time. And so I think it was kind of those those things coming together of um you know, sort of this branching out of feeling like, okay, I'm stepping into more of my individuality and socializing on my own because I'm in high school now um, combined with, you know, this, this grieving process that I was going through that, um, you know, looking back, I think that I, I wasn't really processing those, those emotions in a healthy way. And I think I was looking to alcohol to sort of help me deal with that time in my life too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it was a kind of a tool that you had access to of yeah. not feeling a certain way
1: yeah and it's funny. I mean, I think, like most people, when I first started drinking, it made me feel sick. I didn't really like it that much, but it but I stuck with it because it was a tool that um made a change in um and and some of those feelings that I was having, along with i I think I just had this deeply rooted belief that um, that's what adulting <laughs> looked like. And I was trying to, you know, start to find my way down the path of adulthood. And, um, you know, I was always kind of more mature. So I think I, I felt myself going down that path at a younger age and, um, just feeling like that, well, this is what, this is what adults do when they get together with their friends is, you know, you drink alcohol and that's how you socialize. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's so, you know, interesting to look back to and just have those realizations of, you know, it's, it's unintentional, but it's what is there. Right. And, you know, the, in one of the, my missions, and I think with my clients too, the impact that changing the narrative can have is there's clearly something missing. And I think there's like the natural inclination for humans to want to experiment and to, experiment with, you know, shifting their consciousness and that kind of thing. But, you know, at the time, what is the option? You know, what's the alternative? Um, Without shame or blame of anyone else's lack of information as well, right? You know, resources or tools, but it's kind of like, clearly there's, there's a need for what we've been working on, emotional management, emotional intelligence, just understanding, you know, and I think, just moving forward in our culture. It's like, clearly we need this, right. More and more and more and more. So um, yeah, I think it's just great to have that awareness of, of that too. Just to also know it's not, wasn't intentional. Um, Tell me a little bit about like fast forwarding through after high school years and. Yeah.
1: So college, I was all about partying. I mean, my friends. I I did well in school. I was one of those people that um, it didn't really get in my way too much all of the partying because I maintained really good grades. Mm-hmm. So I think because of that too, I I didn't think that it was a problem. And it was just you know everyone that I was friends with. That's what we did. I mean, we would go out five or six nights a week um, in college and. I lived, you know, really close to this area of bars where we could at least be responsible. We could walk there. And so um, my friends would come over and we would go out and, you know, go bar hopping. And it was a really regular thing um, and just something that, you know, at that time it seemed really fun. And, um, you know, and and it was, it, fe- it did feel fun at that time, mm-hmm. but it was just, you know, something that I didn't even think about as being, a problem or, um, you know, ever thinking that like, Oh, maybe I should slow down. It just felt really normal. And, and really just like, this is what you do when you're in college, you, you party. And Mm -hmm. uh, as long as you're getting good grades, it's no problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, and the truth is, is it might not have been a, a problem, right? I mean, besides the you know, the, the pathways that you're, you know, reinforcing of the alcohol itself. But that's where I think when it does become a problem where, you know, then what are the options and, and seeing like, not even necessarily a problem, but the story that we've created, it's like, oh, well it was normal here. And we were having so much fun here, but now it's not. And that it's like that giving yourself permission to be in a different phase of your life, which I think is, you know, what kind of happened for, for you. So tell me a little bit about that, like the road that you were traveling and when you decided that it was in your way.
1: It wasn't until much, much later in life. Um, I would say once I got into my thirties, I'm about to turn 42. So it was like in my, it was really around the time that I started thinking about having children Mm-hmm. was when i you know started thinking about okay well if i'm going to be getting pregnant, like I want to have as healthy of a body as possible. And, you know, I should really think about um, my level of alcohol that I'm drinking and, and, you know, just try all, all sorts of things. You know, I was taking supplements. I was, you know, always into using, you know, like chemical free products and things like that. And just I around that time was when I really started to not even feel like it was, getting in my way as much as just being aware of, okay, I think the the level of drinking that I've been at isn't healthy because if I'm feeling like it's not healthy enough for a baby, then that means it's probably not healthy, you know, for me um, either. So that was when I really started kind of bringing some awareness to it. And then it wasn't until after I had children um, that I really started to feel very out of alignment with um just the alcohol that I was drinking and um it was never like you know a crazy amount it just felt like it just wasn't supporting me it, it it was it was um really like taking away from the experience that I wanted to be having as a mother and from you know just as a as a human being really i just kept feeling like it was getting in my way and i kept trying to um you know come up with ways to reduce the amount that i was drinking um but it had become such a a tool for me for dealing with stress and um avoiding emotions and things like that that it was it was just hard to to um you know get it down to like oh i'm just going to drink you know once a week or something like mm-hmm. that in my mind felt like once or twice a week seems like what I should be striving for. But that just started to feel hard to do that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So reducing the amount or trying to reduce the amount you were drinking didn't necessarily reduce the desire for the
1: alcohol. No, it didn't. And if anything, it took up even more space. (laughs) It's kind of like when you go on a a, a harsh diet and then all you can think about is food and like your next meal and what you're going (laughs) to eat. And, you know, it just takes up so much space in your brain. Um, I felt like as I tried harder to moderate, I I was thinking about alcohol even more of like, okay, well, should I drink tonight? I want to work out in the morning. So maybe I won't drink tonight, but then I could work out tomorrow and then I will, then I could drink the next night or, um, you know, I can only have five drinks a week. So let me keep track of that. Or, you know, I kept coming up with all these different ways to sort of um, moderate and it just ultimately, um, it would work. I mean, I could follow my own rules, but I just started, I, I was just always feeling like it was just, for what alcohol actually is, it was just taking up way too much space in my, in my thoughts. And just obviously that takes away from other things that I can be thinking about or other um, feelings that I can be feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You were saying that I love that example too, of the diet too. It's like, yeah, I won't eat all day long. And then I tell myself I'm not going to eat something and yeah, I forget about it. So what do you think then the difference was, you know, with our approach, um, that helped you. Cause I know you, we were, you were still thinking about it, right. It was still in the, in the framework of your, of your daily thoughts. Cause it's, you know, a practice and learning a new way. How did that shift the energy around the way you were thinking about it or, or, you know, for you
1: besides just trying to moderate, um, Well, the shift really started when I started listening to your podcast. Um, So, you know, I think like a lot of people when the pandemic started, I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to like drink some wine and (laughs) figure out how we're going to get through this craziness, you know, this unknown time that was, um, you know, a little scary and uncertain. And so at around that same time as when I started listening to your show and uh, just learning about thinking about alcohol in a different way, because I didn't ever feel like, um, oh, I should go to rehab or I sh- want to join AA. Like none of those felt right to me or like something that I actually needed or would benefit from. Um, but I, I I did feel like, okay, I've been trying for years now to kind of cut back on the amount of alcohol I'm drinking and I haven't been successful and why is that? Mm-hmm. And so I had already started, you know, examining that for myself. And then when I started listening to your show and you were talking about, you know, this different way and, um, you know, really starting with like the, the witness I I just continued to listen to your show and, and sort of be in that witness, um, you know, passionate, observant mode for about a year just to kind of try to figure out on my own what was going on. Um, and, and see if I could get to the bottom of like why I was, you know, having this struggle with alcohol and why it was, you know, had such a tight hold on me. And so by the time I reached out to work with you, um, I had really unearthed a lot of Things and a lot of insights about myself, but I was just sort of holding them all and going like, I don't know what to do with these. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've like brought all of this stuff up, but now I don't know what to what to do with it and how to process through them. And so, um, when we started working together with your coaching program, then that really, you know, helped me apply all of the things I had already learned from listening to you, but actually like, um, you know, I had that framework already, but then it allowed me to actually go through um, the processing and, and really applying that specifically to myself. Mm
0: -hmm. Yay. (laughs) Yeah and that's the thing too and that you know one of the you I mean you exemplified it so beautifully as i tell people you know starting the process and, and and even starting the program doesn't mean you have to stop drinking like altogether right away but to change the the pathways in the brain right to stop reinforcing the the repetitive thinking about it um you know you do eventually need to clear out the chemical of alcohol um you know itself so tell me a little bit about what have, what have been some of the biggest shifts as far as your like your thinking about what alcohol what it means for you to drink or not to drink like what how has that changed for you
1: um well, I used to think, I mean, a long time ago, I used to just think like, this is just what I do. It's just kind of part of who I am. I really love it. I love drinking alcohol. It's just part of my personality. And, um, you know, I, I, I associated with that for a long time. Um, and then when it started to feel out of alignment with, you know, how I really wanted to be showing up in the world, it was... Um, I had a little bit of a identity crisis of like, well, what does this mean for me? And, you know, how, how do I want to actually show up? If it's not this anymore, then what is it? And so that shift was, um, it was hard. And it, it took me to a little bit of a dark place of just feeling like, you know, uncertain of, you know, what I, what I wanted, (laughs) who I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so once I kind of started to work through that, um, you know, I really started to, um, I've always been a, a spiritual person, but I started to, along with the work I was doing with you and listening to your show, I, I started um, really studying a lot more about spiritual practices and, and focusing more on being in the present moment and things like that, and um, learning about you know how our brains work and our egos work, and it just really shifted you know a lot of things for me um that i wasn't really expecting i thought that really this was just about alcohol but as i you know got deeper into um the process i just uncovered that it's actually attached to so many different aspects of myself and it as i was you know doing these other things and doing these other learnings it really um became more of like a spiritual process and a spiritual kind of um, you know, getting a little bit further down the path of enlightenment, um, as opposed to just figuring out a way to not drink or not care about drinking. And mm-hmm. so now, where I'm at with it, um, because originally I I wanted to, you know, just be like, I don't, alcohol is terrible, and you know, mm-hmm. I need to get it out of the way. And um, but came to realize that no I I don't even want to have that energy attached to either. I really just want to be very neutral about it. And it is neutral um it is a neutral substance and you know it can be totally fine for someone else and you know it just was something that I wanted to just feel nothing about just like when I see someone smoking a cigarette or, you know, or whatever. I'm like, that's not for me, but you know, if you do you, that's, Mm -hmm. that's your choice. It's your body, it's your life. And, um, you know, everyone can choose for themselves. But for me, um, you know, I didn't, I think that was a surprising shift was I, I didn't realize that I could just get to a point of thinking about it as something like really neutral until I heard you starting to talk about that. And I, I thought, yeah, that's what I want.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, ta- it ends up giving alcohol so much less power than it's already has. You know, all the time and energy like it's already had, and that, and all of the thinking that you are trying to get away from. Right? Um, Would you say that it that that has helped also eliminate that part of it? Looking at it as neutral has helped eliminate the the time that you're thinking about, and it helps to speed up that process.
1: Absolutely. And I think that it really um, decreased cravings. I mean, I had like the, the chemical, you know, cravings in the beginning when I stopped drinking, but um, you know, really I haven't had as many cravings as I expected that I would have. And I think it's because of that, because I think when we, um, you know, as human beings, like, would we make something really positive or really negative, especially when we make it really negative, sometimes we're kind of like, oh, I, you know, I shouldn't want that, but I kind of do. And, right. um, you know, there's like this, um, you know, tendency to, to be sort of attracted to things that you're told are, are bad for you that you should never have. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that it's just really neutral, I think really um, helped with, quickly reducing for me anyway, the amount of cravings that I was having and, and, um, the like urges that would be triggered by certain things hmm
0: Well, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, essentially that is all of our work, right. Changing the way that you think about something to invoke a different emotion, um, mm-hmm. or see, or deciding, you know, cause something could be true. Like you were talking about your identity around alcohol. So the two things we kind of look at are desire, like that physical kind of desire for it. And then the attachment to the identity. And it's like, oh, I love alcohol. But then when like, that's, it's just a thought still, right and that could be true or not true. And what's so fascinating is, you know, part of you did the habit, but like you were saying, there were things that were happening that, that weren't in alignment with that. And that was ultimately what created, you know, you you wanting to, to have the change, but even if something feels really true to you, but it's not useful anymore, like that thought, I love alcohol, isn't getting you closer to the goal that you want. So, You don't have to say, I hate alcohol, but you can just decide, you know, I love something else, right? Which is what we do when we plan ahead of time, really focusing on why you're really showing up, you know, like, you know, and you can even say a couple of things, like what were some of the ways you felt like alcohol wasn't in alignment, starting to not be in alignment with the life that you wanted to live or not getting the results you wanted?
1: Um, well... I had some, I think because of where I had uncovered my sort of roots of, um, why I found alcohol to be appealing was seeing that model in my parents. Um, I started to be really sensitive to that as being that model for my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I started, you know, kind of early on in my process just waiting until they went to bed so that I wouldn't mm-hmm. be drinking you know around them. Um, but kids are smart and you know they know like they'll see the wine bottle is still out the next morning or see something that's going to the recycling or whatever, you know and um, you know, it, it's not that I think that parents who drink are bad role models by any means, but it was just a choice that I was making that I, I wanted them to feel really neutral about alcohol too. And I didn't want them to be um, growing up seeing that like, oh, you know, every time five o'clock rolls around or every time, um, you know, mama finishes work, she has to go drink some wine because that's what you do when you stop your your day, you know, when you start to, start to unwind from your day. Um, I just didn't want to be passing along that, um, that ritual and that belief to them. So that was important to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and even the conflicting, um, thoughts that you were having during that process of, you know, it's like, I know that I want them to be neutral about it, but I'm not really neutral about it. So I'm going to wait till they go to bed. Like that, that, that happening in your brain too, is creating like an internal confusion and probably not great, Emotions, you know, they might not be blatant, but there's so much subconscious processing happening that we, you know, that really can affect that. So it yeah. sounds like that conflict, you know, was was the obviously part of that too.
1: Having- it was, yeah. I felt like I wasn't being authentic, you know, with my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, luckily my husband he didn't have any judgment about it either way. Um, you know, he was really supportive of me starting this journey. Um, but he also was like, I don't, you know, for me, your drinking is not a big problem. So, you know, don't feel like you have to do this for me. Um, but I did feel like I wasn't being truly authentic, um, in my family of, you know, kind of, especially with my kids of feeling like it was something that I wanted to hide from them. Um, And, you know, we are around other people who drink all the time and, and I mean, well, not all the time, but, you know, we, we take our kids around people who drink. It's not like we're trying to shield them from anyone who's drinking. Um, but I think it's just important that at home that they're not seeing that, um, that that's just not the model that I want to be setting them up for, and and now I talk to them about alcohol from that neutral perspective too, and I can I can be you know passing that along to them, and I fully expect that they will experiment with alcohol at some point in their life, and um, then they can come to their own conclusions about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I can you know tell them about my story when they're old enough to you know want to talk to me about it, but I want to just. Um, as much as I can control be laying that sort of groundwork for them of like, this is just something neutral and um, it's not something that like adults have to have because they are stressed or have to have because it's the end of their workday or have to have because they're at a family gathering or have to have because they're hanging out with their friends. Like, I just don't want them to um, associate those beliefs with alcohol. Are those beliefs that have all changed for you too? Absolutely. Yeah. So as I've been working on those, I'm able to, to share that with them. Yeah.
0: What does that feel like for you? Cause to have those examples, right. Means that at some point they probably, it probably did feel like I have to have this, right. Not necessarily in a physical way, but of course, just an obvious way.
1: Yeah, just it was, you know, a lot of it was just because I wasn't thinking about it. Right, I, It was just this is what I do. This is what everyone does. This is what in every movie and TV show that you watch, people are doing. This is what you see in magazines on billboards. I mean, it's just it's very easy to never question alcohol and its role in people's lives because it's so ingrained in our culture. You and I have talked about, a (laughs) um, because as I've, um, you know, been changing my beliefs, it's just, I'm so much more aware of those. And, um, sometimes when I see them, they make me laugh. Like, um, I was sharing with you the billboard that I saw of like the friends playing volleyball, but they're all like cheersing while they're playing volleyball, like drinking. Um, I think I was like, Hard, hard seltzer or something, and I'm just like, why is that? Why is that part of the <laughs> part of the volleyball game? Like, you know, I mean, it's a, it's okay <laughs> if it is, I guess, but it was just, it just struck me as funny. And then other times, you know, I'll be watching a movie, and um you know, someone will be drinking, and I'm like, oh, I see why. You know, this character is feeling like that they're reaching for alcohol right now. It's because they're like struggling to deal with this situation that they're in, or they're struggling, you know, to um, process these emotions that they're feeling. And yeah, you can really just see it everywhere. Um, but now I have like a new perspective on it all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's definitely shocking. And it's, you know, it, it just shows you too, with marketing, I mean, how effective um, when we evoke or invoke an emotion, right? How effective that is when we tell when we sell someone the vacation, right? It's like, Oh, like, this is what this looks like for you, but you can only get it through this thing in this bottle. Um, (laughs) and I do have to say I keep alcohol neutral, but the more I do this work just as an advocate too, for mental health and especially seeing what we've gone through and, and the lack of, of not just resources, but I think normalizing, um, emotion like human emotion. Like it's crazy. You know, we're, we're really in this place where now we are starting to normalize, like feel the feels, you know, like, that's like a thing that we're talking about more, but, um, I do get a little upset when I see people kind of joking about drinking as a support for mental health, because, you know, alcohol is no joke. Like it can really, really, you know, affect your body, your brain and your life. And this is just reminding me of a point I wanted to make to the audience is that you know you made this change not because of the way you know the your husband, like you said, he didn't have a problem with it. your kids were fine, right? Like everything was fine. Um, or so it's you know appeared, but you you weren't happy with the results, right. And so that was enough that was all you needed to, to decide this isn't working for, for me anymore. Um,
1: Yeah. And I think to your point that you made earlier um, when I was talking about, you know, in my college years, it wasn't a problem for me then. And it didn't feel out of alignment. It felt like this is fun and this is what I want to be doing right now. And I've just reached a point in my life where it just didn't feel that way anymore. And it felt like, um, It was just bringing so much more um, negativity and um, hardship (laughs) that I was feeling as opposed to the fun and lightness that, you know, we, that I experienced earlier in my earlier days of my life and that we see, you know, in media and and marketing um, of this, like, lighthearted funness, which it can totally be that for a lot of people. But, um, you know, at least for me over many, many, many years of drinking and it just becoming more of a, uh, a, a habit as opposed to like, Oh, this is like a special occasion, fun celebration thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it really just started to feel like, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not getting that fun, you know, that funness out of it anymore. If anything, I'm, you know, it's, it's giving me like a very brief moment of, of feeling, you know, numbness and then it's, um, you know, leading to lots of other feelings that I don't want to be having. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, and
0: right, it's like creating more feelings versus the ones that you're, you know, maybe trying to solve for, and that is what happens, right? It's like the alcohol itself starts to create and, and and add to the ones the the stress or the anxiety that you are already having, so it really, you know, exacerbates the, you know, if there were any problems. And what do you know about that belief now about the fun celebratory? part of alcohol like about those experiences that you've had without alcohol
1: yeah i still have fun and i still celebrate <laughs> and, I, yeah. and i i think honestly when i when i started thinking about the possibility of just not drinking at all as opposed to just thinking about moderation um, i wasn't sure if i would be able to have fun and celebrate because I had, I didn't really know, I didn't really know that. I mean, sure, I wasn't drinking and, you know, every single fun thing and celebratory thing I ever did in my whole life. So obviously I had, um, you know, examples of, of doing fun things or celebrating without alcohol. But, um, you know, I think just, it's really easy to to think that in your, in your mind when you first start of, you know, oh, I'm, am I ever going to have fun again with my friend? Or am I ever going to, you know, is Christmas or Thanksgiving just going to be like the most boring holiday ever now, because I'm not, you know, drinking alcohol or um, even New Year's Eve, this past New Year's Eve, having that experience with no alcohol, like I still had fun and I still celebrated. Um, so it was, it's totally possible. Um, and I think that, you know, working with you, you helped me realize that um, you just look for those those things that you really want to get out of those situations and focus on those and 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 bringing you know the celebration to to really be about what it's really about. And most of the time, other than maybe New Year's Eve, <laughs> most of the time it's not really about drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in a lot of cases, you know, alcohol is just sort of. Um, intertwined with the celebration. But when we really s- take a step back and 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 look at like, why are we celebrating? What is really fun? Um, you know, it's usually not the alcohol. It's mm-hmm. all of the other things about usually about the people or the experience that we're having.
0: Yeah. And what you really just exemplified is that you have to have a willingness to look beyond, right. To look for it. And even, you know, like you were saying, like, of course I've had these moments where I've celebrated without alcohol, but when, when you're really engrossed in the habit of alcohol, it really does put this, you know, facade over everything, this kind of veil, you see it through that lens. And you just can't even, until you take that step back and just like, take yourself out of it and look at a situation for what it is. And that's one of the things that, you know, I do encourage people to do is like, you already have evidence, all the evidence you need of, you know, processing an emotion without alcohol of having a fun time without alcohol. It's just that you can't see it right now because you're completely blinded by the habit of alcohol. First of all, how strong the chemical is. Um, But also, you know, it has this way, and really, this is how powerful cultural narrative is. And this is why what we work on is belief, right? And, and, and is the story that you've been sold, or that's been unintentionally, you know, you've unintentionally learned, is it useful? Is it serving you? Because it doesn't really matter if it's serving anyone else, because you have to change to change your thoughts. But that snapshot that we have of alcohol, that kind of magazine cover, or that Instagram post or whatever, right? Or that ad you were talking about um, is what we remember, right? That's kind of what nostalgia is. And I think you have to really be willing to look and you know that concept of play the tape forward or look at like, yeah, that's just a snapshot because of course that's what I want to remember. Why would we want to remember like the worst part about it, right? And not even that there has to be a worst part about it, but it then it also overshadows that experience of that christmas of all of the other like really awesome things that were happening watching your kids like so excited opening a present or you know whatever it is so um that's the the power of examining but it it really does have to take i think a willingness to not just continue to ha- to serve your your beliefs that aren't serving you like oh no these are right and these are true to have to like Okay. Be wrong. Essentially. Like, you know, that might've been true, but it's, it, it's not the full, it's not the whole story. Yeah.
1: Um, and so that's the beautiful thing about getting, you know, removing alcohol is as I've gained more clarity, I have a deeper ability to examine more and more of those situations, more and more aspects of my life, more and more of the culture. I just, um, you know, I, I think when you are drinking regularly, it is, you can be somewhat aware of those things, but to really, you know, it's hard to get that distance to, to really do that examination. Um, when you're, you know, alcohol is very present in your life. So that's been, um, I just feel like I keep discovering new layers and new facets of, um, so many different things, just the more time that goes by that I haven't been drinking. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and applying, you know, that, yeah, that same principle to so many other things of just is that true? Does it need to be? Maybe it is, but I don't want it to be true for me, you know? And that concept is hard for people. You know, we're, the way that our structure in our society has been created is like, you know, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And this is how you get from a, to happiness. Right. And to, to even, to even contemplate the concept that beliefs are optional, that I get, I get to believe whatever I want. Right. And usually when we believe things that are in service and in alignment with with our truth and what feels really, really true to our inner voice, it's also in service of everyone, right? Cause we can't be peaceful beings inside and be like, you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. When we create more inner peace, like it does affect, I believe everything more peace in the world too. So um, yeah. yeah.
1: So you're creating more peace in the world,
0: <laughs> which is awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, my husband says that I'm creating more peace at home. So that's really nice. Yeah, exactly. That's the impact. What do you think was this,
0: the scariest part of when you started thinking about changing your relationship to alcohol?
1: Um, I was scared that I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, that it was going to be too hard because I had been just alcohol had been a part of my life for so long. I thought it was going to be too hard. And then once I started, I was, um, scared of the perception that people were going to have as they sort of learned that I wasn't, um, drinking anymore. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily because I felt ashamed, um, because I didn't, I I actually felt really proud of what I was doing. Um, but I think, you know, going back to that cultural, you know, aspect, I think there there's like in the culture, it's like either there's the, there, there is, you know, a little bit of a space for people who don't drink, but then there's people who drink or people who are alcoholics. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's the, if you're, if you're not someone who can just drink and, and just be drinking, then if you decide to stop, um, you must be an alcoholic and there's that label that that's put on you. Um, and so I was a little bit concerned that, you know, people would, would think that about me and, um, you know, as, as I've done more work on myself, I'm like, well, you know, that's, I can't control what other people think. And that doesn't really matter to me anymore. Um, But it was, it was definitely something that I had some fear around um, when I was first starting out of like, oh, are people, you know, like my friends or my family going to be like, oh, I didn't realize that you had such a problem with alcohol that you have to stop. You know, it's like, you can't Mm -hmm. just stop just because you want to be doing something positive in your life, you must be stopping because it has gotten to, you know, some like really uh, disastrous point in your life, which Mm -hmm. wasn't the case for me. Yeah. What do you, what is, what has actually been true even about that though, about
0: people, like people's perceptions?
1: Um, well, again, I don't know their, their thoughts, but as yeah. far as what people have said to me, um, no one has, has said anything like that to me of like, oh, I didn't realize you had such a problem. <laughs> right. um, it's been, um, you know, more curiosity of like, um, you know, just asking me questions or people that are just like, Hey, good for you. That's great. Um, and even to the point of some people saying, wow, I, I, I would love to do that for myself. I i wish I could be, you know, doing what you're doing. Yeah. And so then I, you know, f- for those people who have had the opportunity now at the point where I'm at to share some of what I've learned with them, which feels really good. Yeah. So the willingness to be honest <laughs> has really, you know, maybe shifted people's perceptions, but
0: also, what you just really explained too was that everyone has a different perception. And so there's just no way for your actions to support <laughs> what everyone else is gonna think. And by being authentically you and honest from a place of like not having to justify or explain it, um, you're able to have it sounds like too have a different conversation with people. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which That's is funny. and you know, I always take the perspective that life is short and we all need to do the things that make us feel really good and really happy as much as possible. And so um, you know, I I have to think about that for myself too, of like I can't make decisions of what I'm doing based on being concerned about what other people might think about the choices that I'm making. Um, and just in the same way, I'm not judging anyone else for the decisions that they're making because you know, if the, if they're doing things that make them feel happy and, um, living their best life, then they're making the right choices for them. And I'm making the choices that are helping me to live my best life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like, we can't put thoughts in other people's heads because then we're like, running around trying to make everyone else happy while we're not really happy. And then no one's happy. So, um, I just have a couple more questions and what the other thing that you said that was the scariest thing was, you know, that it was going to be hard. Um, what, what is the reality of that now?
1: Um, well now it doesn't feel hard. Right. (laughs) Or I guess even when you started. Yeah. When I started, um, it it did feel it felt hard it also felt new and different mm-hmm. um but i really just took it day by day and i had tools available to me to help me um through that that hard period of time and it really didn't feel hard for as long as i expected that period of time where it was like wow i really Feel like, I'm, you know, having to try hard to, (laughs) to not drink today. Mm -hmm. Um, That was very short lived, which was a really, really nice surprise. Mm -hmm. What,
0: what do you think got you kind of expedited that process for you?
1: Um, well, I think it was, I had finally reached a point where it it was what I really, really wanted Mm -hmm. and connecting with you through coaching, um, you know, really gave me the, the scaffolding that I needed to like, to actually do it and the tools that I needed also, um, because I was trying to do it on my own. And I just, I, I was aware of some of the tools, but I wasn't exactly sure how to apply them to myself. And Mm so, um, you know, one of the things that, that you asked me to do early on was just to like Write down every time I was having an urge, mm-hmm. and that really worked very well for me because I got to see patterns of you know what was triggering an urge for me. I got to um, you know have like a, a, a log of um, all of the times that I had had an urge that I didn't drink, um, even though I had wanted to. I got to um, see that actually I wasn't having as many urges to drink as I expected after like the first week Mm -hmm. Um, It was really starting to, you know, the, the entries were getting spaced out further and further apart. And so that was really reassuring as well. Um, So that tool really worked for me. And then, um, you know, just the encouragement from my family and friends and from you um, was really helpful. And, And then really, I mean, I think one of the biggest changes was the work that we did around the, um, you know, processing of emotions. And so once I was able to get better at processing my emotions, instead of just casting them aside and then drinking alcohol that night to forget about them and then waking up and, you know, starting the day, the next day, like once that happened, um, I was really, I, that was really kind of what really set me down the path of success was being able to, um, you know, identify those emotions and, and get comfortable with processing them without alcohol, even being part of how I went about processing them.
0: Yeah. And what, how would you describe Like you don't have to describe in detail the process of processing emotion, but what does that mean to you processing an emotion?
1: Well, the first part was really, um, I loved the work that, that we did where you were teaching me about feeling sensations in the body around emotions. And that's something that I, I think about every single day. And now it's just like really in tune with, with how I, um, interpret and and think about my emotions. Um, I'm a very like, I'm very good at visualizations when it comes to my body. I that's how I um got through childbirth. <laughs> was a lot of visualization um and and had like a nice experience with that. And so that really resonated with me was just, you know, really visualizing like where in the body certain emotions live for me, what they feel like, even associating um, you know, like an image with the different yeah. emotions. And so you know, now when, when I feel, let's say a tightness in my chest, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling stressed instead of just feeling like, I don't know. I just feel like out of sorts right now and not really knowing what's going on. Um, or having like a sensation in my stomach and I'm like, oh, okay, that I'm, I'm feeling afraid or I'm feeling nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and just like knowing where all of that is that really, you know, just like brought that, awareness to such a deeper level for me. Um, and then just the, so that was one, one huge aspect. And then the other uh, part of the processing for me has been, um, just really taking the time to not push the, the emotions away, And really just getting comfortable with sitting with them and, you know, letting them happen and, but having a little bit of a distance, trying to think about, you know, what are the thoughts that are triggering these emotions um, or what sort of thoughts are being triggered by those emotions Mm -hmm. and really just, you know, having that, um, again, that witness uh, mindset really felt like a very safe, way to approach like feelings that I had avoided previously and that I, I had been really uncomfortable with. Yeah.
0: Did it turn out that there, that it was easier than you thought it would be to befriend your emotions? Was it as scary as you thought it would be?
1: Um, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was. It was in some ways harder just in the very beginning because i i just felt really uncomfortable and i've always had a little bit of an issue with discomfort like my my demeanor i tend to just want to be like optimistic and happy and like when i get into you know places where i feel discomfort or emotions that are you know associated with more negative types of feelings sure. and thoughts i get really uncomfortable and those are the ones that i want to push away and so Um, you know, it was, it was getting used, it was, it took a little getting used to just being comfortable with discomfort, Mm -hmm. I guess is the way to put it. Um, And, and that was just with practice and, and, and really, you know, saying like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to, to doing this. And, you know, as you like to say, you know, it's not going to kill me. So (laughs) knowing, knowing that like, I'm safe and, um, And movement was, was a a good way for me to, to feel like I could um, be comfortable in that discomfort is, you know, a lot of times I would just use my body for movement. I would either through um, exercise or dance or yoga or, you know, any, anything like that where I was feeling like, okay, I just need to move the, move this energy around and not try to push it away, but like, let it move around until it's ready to, um, you know, kind of move on and, and bring me back to my, to my baseline self. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's such a beautiful description of it too. And you know, what I know of from your experience personally, is that it's really seemed like for you, what, and I see this for so many people too. And by the way, No one, everyone's uncomfortable with uncomfortable emotions. (laughs) That's why people drink. And I think that's another cultural story too, right? Is like being sad, being sad is bad. Being happy is good, right? But when you stop the judgment, then the discomfort doesn't become as uncomfortable too, right? But Mm -hmm. is that when you really, when you started the program, it was like giving yourself permission was also really the biggest thing that you needed to say, okay, it's okay for me to make this change. Do you feel like that was true for you? Because I feel like the shift was very natural. Like you wanted it, but you, but by starting was like the signal, this like almost subconscious signal, like, okay, like almost like a breath of fresh air, a little bit of a weight off your shoulder. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it was because it had been weighing me down for a couple of years. You know, it was something that I I had been really, really wanting to change my relationship with alcohol for a long time um, and just feeling a little defeated that the things I was trying weren't, weren't working for me in the way that I wanted them to. And so, yeah, I think, um, you know, like I said earlier, I... I had been listening to your show and doing lots of thinking on my own and reading, um, you know, lots of, uh, you know, going on this whole like spiritual exploration and examining my own, you know, past and, you know, really doing a lot of work. And and I just felt like um, I just I did just sort of need that that little bit of extra support to, to, to get going and, and to have that guidance of, um, really getting started down the path of, of making the choices that I wanted to be making. So it did feel like once, um, you know, I connected with you through the coaching that I really just, it, it really just sort of like exponentially <laughs> took right. off for me. Yeah.
0: Well, right. I mean, that's what I, you know, that's, the, that's like why we hire people that know the thing, right? And this is like the unfortunate thing that it's my mission to change is that because of the stigma, like you expressed about alcohol, getting support in this area, which is really just getting some more f- support for emotional processing. Because once you have an intimate relationship with your emotions and you kind of understand your beliefs around alcohol, Like it ends up being not so much about the alcohol itself, you know, and so um, but I think that that's where people are so hesitant because it's like exactly what you said. If I get support for this, then they have a they have a story that now I'm saying something about who I am. And what I want to tell everyone right now is that's not true. What it says is that you really, you know, value the time, your life, right? I mean, um, so final, qu- well, maybe a final question is what do you, what do you believe about alcohol right now
1: in your right life? Now, I believe that um, I will never have the same relationship with alcohol that I had Previously, and I believe that for me personally, it does not help me live in the way that I want to be living right now. Um, I whether or not it has any place down the road, I don't. I don't know, and I and I don't really care to know. Because <laughs> right. I, I I don't. I, I've I've come to um, come to terms with that. I don't need to plan. For alcohol. Alcohol is not important enough for me to plan a future around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something, you know, as you know, that we've talked about. I my kind of last area of hanging on was like, what is my future with alcohol look like? Um, and I've ultimately decided that um I, I don't I don't care to put any thought into that because yeah. alcohol is so not important to me at this point in time. That why would I plan? any sort of future <laughs> around something that's very unimportant to me. And that, you know, if anything in the recent years of my life has, has caused me, um, distress. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I just feel very free of it really.
0: Yay. Woohoo! So what would you say to a person listening that is really wanting to take this journey and wanting to get coaching, um, what would you say to them about, you know, and in investing in yourself, the time, the, you know, overcoming your beliefs, like what little last words of wisdom do you have for them?
1: I would say that you owe it to yourself to live your best happiest life. And if alcohol is in any way making you feel like you are unhappy or you are not able to do things that you want to be doing, then you owe it to yourself to really examine that and and to figure out the best way to um push that aside. And I can pretty much guarantee that you will be very happy with the outcome because I can't imagine a scenario where someone is drinking, either not drinking or drinking less even and feeling like I feel worse than (laughs) than when I was drinking a lot. Mm -hmm. So I I it's been an amazing transformation for me, and um, something that my friends and family see in me, and that other other people can have that as well, with with your help and or even just listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I know that, I mean, I've seen the transformation in you. It's been so amazing to watch and I know you're proud of yourself, but I just want to say like, that I'm proud of you and it's such an amazing process to get to witness. So thank you so much for sharing your experience here because you, you did the work, but it wasn't, you know, when I watched you doing it, it wasn't like, uh, you were like pulling your hair out. It was just like, day, you know, checking in, doing the work, taking the notes, you know, it was like very relaxed the way that you approached it. And because of that, because of your energy and, you know, my support, (laughs) you, you know, you expedited your results and yeah. And now you get to go be, you know, learn to be a beekeeper and play guitar to your bees. (laughs)
1: That's right. I hope they like it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you, Mary. Thank
1: you so much. You're welcome.
0: If you are finally ready to get alcohol out of your way, I want to invite you into the Stop Drinking and Start Living program. It is the last time you will ever have to start the process of stopping again. It's your opportunity to learn a new way of life free of the burdens of alcohol and find out what's possible when you no longer have the desire to drink. With lifelong access and unlimited live support from me, you will never be left wondering about the how. All you have to know is that you are ready for change. I teach you how to build the clarity, confidence, and commitment you need to be authentically you without alcohol in any situation. It's time to answer the calling of your highest self. Register today by following the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com and I will see you on the inside.